Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. Holiness unto the Lord. Holiness unto the Lord. Amen. So Lord, we recognize that you're here. desire for you to choose us, to choose us, to set your weighty glory upon for this region, not because we're worthy, but by grace through faith, you would give us the privilege of stewarding the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So we ask for it, Lord. We ask that you would increase your glory upon this family. You would increase and amplify and magnify the name of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit released for Sarasota, this county, this region, this great state. See us, Lord. See us. See our hearts. Listen to our hearts. Father, listen to our hearts. I'd like you to take your Bibles, if you will, and go to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. <clears throat> Hebrews 11. <clears throat> it's a very familiar chap chapter, perhaps, to most of us. I know that we have a number of new believers amongst us in our body and thank the Lord. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? And so for our new believers, it's page 1,800. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding. <laughs> we want to take our time. Make sure you find your way to Hebrews tonight. Amen. It's fun. So this is a uh, <clears throat> This is a somewhat familiar chapter to many of us as we look at a chapter that we call the chapter of faith. We look at, we look at these mighty heroes. And oftentimes when we, <clears throat> when we read through the scriptures, sometimes there is a disconnect that I like to somehow, by the Holy Spirit, erase through my ministry, through my teaching, through my preaching, through my leadership. I try to remove a historical 
um, boundary that exists because sometimes it's like we're reading just for historical context and we miss the relational aspect that when we read about these mighty, mighty giants and heroes in our faith, we have to, we have to remember this. We are reading about our family. We are reading about our heritage. We are reading about the legacy that, we, that you and I have been written into. I think that's so vitally important when you read about David, when you read about Enoch, when you read about Abraham, when you go all, all through, when you read about Sarah. Sometimes when we're reading these passages, there is, there's some of a disconnect because it's just like we're kind of going over the history but it's not that at all. It's the invitation into the generational legacy that we're running in. We're running in a generational fire. We're running in a generational legacy of faith. Of faith. What happens in a meeting like this is so very key and so very special because our lives are extremely cluttered and busy. But when we come into the presence of the Lord like this, it causes us to stand at attention within our spirit. It also gives us an invitation to think deeply. And most of us are not thinking deeply because our lives are so busy. And when we get immersed into a greater dimension of the presence of God, our heart starts awakening to the real dreams that God's been longing to speak to us. But it requires us coming into the presence of the Lord to where we can start discovering the heart of God that is welling up the deep within us, the deep cries out. The deep cry. It's not just a song. It's not just a silly, and then we go to the left. And the, it's no, it's not that. It's an invitation. It is an invitation. It is a courtship from the Holy Spirit that He invites us into that place where we start to discover the deepness and the richness of God's heart. We start thinking deeply. We let our hearts go to the place that God needs them to go so that we apprehend His holy calling over our lives. So that we apprehend the great dream of God for Him pouring out His Spirit upon all flesh in America. As for, as for us, as, as Joshua said, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. I often pray and I say, God, as for me and my state. And I, when I pray over Florida, as for me and our state, as for me and our region, we want to tap into that realm of glory that you would set yourself upon us so mightily. It's a family of faith. These people were able to apprehend things that no one knew was possible. We know flight is possible. You know, flight was, flight was possible long before it became a revelation that it was possible. 
the revelation of flight was always there. It was always available. But someone had to actually tap into that realm of flight. Now, I can sit in a plane. I can sit on Wi-Fi and send text to people 35,000 feet in the air. Why? Because of revelation. Revelation put me there. See, by faith, when we come to God, by faith, if we're going to do anything for God, if we're going to do anything for God, we must do it by faith. For without faith, it is impossible to please God. Verse 6. For without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that He is. And that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. That diligently seek Him. Tonight, I want to speak to you for the next several moments about living a life that God delights in rewarding. Living a life that God delights in rewarding. One of the things that I don't want us to hurdle over as we let our eyes fall upon the scripture right now. For without faith it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God, they must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently, diligently seek him. I don't want you to miss this word tonight, and it is the word reward. Reward. I'd like you to go to Matthew 6. I'm laying the foundation tonight. What are the things that God dreams about rewarding you with? The ultimate reward. Is true friendship and intimacy with God. To be a friend of God. To be called His friend. To be known by God. To know God, but to be known by God. That God would share His secrets with you. I always, always marveled at, at Amos chapter 3, verse 7, where it says that God shares His secrets with His friends or His servants. It's an interchangeable word. Friend or servants, His prophets. And I always marveled at that, that God, God desires to share His secrets. Isn't that fascinating? Isn't that fascinating that God desires to share His secrets? What are those secrets that God could release to you? It, it could literally be an invention that becomes your generational legacy and an inheritance. It could be an idea tonight in here that changes the whole trajectory of your life and your world. It could be a business idea. It could be a, a brand new door. It could be a brand new strategy for ministry for me as I'm letting things kind of whirl around in my spirit. How does God want to reward you? And I, I want to encourage all of us tonight to renew our mind to this fact. This is a good fact. God wants to reward you. 
Let your mind be renewed to this. That God wants to reward you. Man. I'm walking carefully tonight. He wants to reward us. So we step in now to an epic message that Jesus is teaching in Matthew 6. And I'm going to begin in verse 1. Are you there? And so you take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. I want to I want to stop right there for I know I've just started to read a verse and it could be the, one of those kind of nights so buckle in. Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds to be seen before them, to be seen before men. There there is an obsession. It is a very weird thing that that has happened. We we had a, we had a group of young adults at our home last night and we were opening the scriptures and and we were talking, it was just, you know, 19 years ago, our son was born. We, we had no cell phones when Josiah was born. We had no cell phone when Victoria was born. There was, there, there was no internet. There was no, there, wow, what has happened in just the last 20 years? Think about that. Wow. But there's an obsession in this day that everyone wants to be seen. People could barely do anything without tapping into it on video. And, and I, I'm going to share something here. And I, I'm not saying it to be provocative. I'm, not, I'm surely not saying it to offend anybody here. But there's something weird about that, that with social media like Everything has to be shown out there so that everybody knows everything that we are doing. There's something weird about that. In fact, Paul wrote a letter to his spiritual son and he said, In the last days, people will become lovers of themselves. Just become lovers of themselves. And, and, and I want to I be careful how I say this, but I... It bothers me when I see when I see ministries that can't do a a a prayer meeting without cameras in it so people can see them praying. It bothers me. I know that we're to use the social I I I, I get it, I get it, I get it. But there's there's a craving in this generation that if there's a camera, they're going to show up. If there's not a camera, they don't show up. There's a wonderful ministry in, in, in another city in, in this state. And I love them. And I, and I love the leadership of, of, of their church. And, and, and I came across this a couple weeks ago that they had a, they had a camera in the prayer room. And... and, and uh, I let it bother me because the Lord started bothering me about it. I mean, it, it, it's almost as, as silly as putting a, a camera in a master bedroom of a home where there's a mother and a father. Are you understanding what I'm saying? There's things that happen in the bridal chamber that's only for them. Are you hearing me spiritually? Are you hearing me? There's things that need to happen in the secret place, 
in the secret place of intimacy between the Lord where we find this place corporately as a family each time we're coming together so that we can tap into that realm of the heart of God where things start brewing up in us and things are born. Visions are, are captured. Dreams are released. Prophetic words are decreed and declared. And things are established. And, there's, and, and really nobody else needs to be there. It's not, it's not for other people. It's for us. Jesus is teaching, and you're, you're thinking, is Brian going to make it through Hebrews 6? I will. But Jesus has given a warning. Don't do things to be seen by men. See, Jesus' message cuts to the core. His word is like a sword, and it prunes every one of us. Don't waste your life for the approval of men. Live your life for the approval of heaven, for the weightiness of God's kiss and God's decree of His love over your life. You know, there's not even a, there's not one scripture of Jesus' bar mitzvah when He turned 13. Did you know that? There, there's no story of Jesus' bar mitzvah of a, of a normal Jewish boy turning 13 and Joseph declaring, you know, over him that he's, he's his beloved son. He's well pleased. He's become a man. He's moving into maturity and his manhood. Do you know, there's not one scripture on that. But you know that when Jesus was 30 years old and he stepped down into the Jordan River, it says that the heavens were ripped open and the booming voice of the Father declared, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. The affirmation, the approval of heaven, the identity, the identification of heaven, the identification of heaven. While everyone's wasting their life for people to applaud them, pat them on the back, validate them. You need your validation to come from your heavenly father. You are my beloved daughter. You are my beloved son in whom I am well God, help me get through Matthew 6 tonight. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Now, notice the word reward. Don't miss that word tonight. It's key because Jesus lets us in on a secret that our good Abba Father loves to give rewards. So don't do it to be seen by them. I'm in verse 1. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. And therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogue or in the streets that they may receive glory from men. Whoa, he's cutting to the core. He's getting to the core of what makes a man or a woman really tick. Oh, assuredly I say to you, ha ha, they have their reward. They have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, I'm in verse 3. Do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret. And your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. Wow. And when you pray, 
You'll, you'll not be like the hypocrites, for they love, they love to pray standing in the synagogue and on the corner of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you shut the door, pray to your Father who's in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they will be heard by their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows. He knows the things that you have need of before you ask Him. Is anyone encouraged by that tonight? So in this matter, I tell you, therefore, pray our Father in heaven. Holy is your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, yours is the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. You ready? Can we keep going? Verse 16, are you ready? Moreover, when you fast. i I got to say this. It's not if you pray. It's not if you give. It's not if you fast. It's when you pray. It's when you give. It's when you fast. It's not if you do. There's no ifs about it. This is is the family that we're in. This is the family. This is the company of people that you are burning with right here in a place called Victory, a church of His presence. It's not if you fast. We are invited into a lifestyle of prayer. We're not invited into seasons of prayer and fasting or seasons of giving. We're literally invited by the Lord into a lifestyle of fasting and praying and giving. So when you fast, let that go into your spirit tonight. It's when you fast. The Lord can speak to you tonight. He can give you that rhema word tonight. Tuesday's your day. I want you to fast that day every week. He could give you that rhema word tonight. (laughs) Silence of the lambs. So don't be like the hypocrite with a sad countenance, a disfigured face that they may appear to be fasting. Surely I say to you, they have their reward. Are you getting that word? Is, is the word leaping off the page to you tonight? They have their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting. But, watch this, your father who is in the secret place, he who sees in the secret, will reward you openly. Do not lay up for yourself treasures of this earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth or rust destroys, where thieves do not break in to steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. See, I made it. 
I, I made it through. I made it through. Now let's look. This is not my message. It's Jesus' epic message. What I love is that he reveals to us that within the Father's heart, the Father loves to give rewards. That's what we got to let our minds get renewed to. Father wants to reward you. He wants to reward you. He would love to reward you. Our responsibility is that we live lives worthy unto the Lord so that he can delight in rewarding us. The, the question has never been, can we trust God? The question is, can God trust us? That's the question. But what I love that Jesus reveals is he says that the Father sees you in the secret place, and he tells us how to do it. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. Leave all that religious fluff and stuff that is worthless, worthless behind. And I'm going to give you a pattern. Go into your room. Shut that door behind you. And develop your inner man. Develop your inner man. Develop your spirit on how to learn how to have communion with the Father. How to talk to the Father. How to have quality time with the Father. How to worship the Father. How to trust the Father. How to lay all of your burdens before the Father. How not to leave anything out from your life, but give it unto the Father. And He's the one who sees you in the secret place. See, tonight, <laughs> I want to say to you that God desires for you to have a secret life. But when I say those words, we live in a time where everyone's antennas go up when you hear those words. Because we're living in a time where we are baffled by the stories that come out about anything and everyone, attorneys, bankers, preachers, teachers, pastors, leaders, and, and we, are, we are introduced into this world of people's bizarre secret lives where they were in public they were one thing but in their private life they were they were completely detached from their reality that's out there in the public and they were something else that's sad as we were with our young people from victory last last night I I shared that, you know, when you're young, you're going to make mistakes. How many of you remember when you were a touch younger, you made some mistakes, hey? Are you all okay? We make some mistakes. What happens is, is we've got to humble ourselves and repent and turn away from those mistakes that we make. We have to learn from them. We have to humbly walk through our mistakes and go, God, that's not who I want to be. That's not how I want to live. That's not who I am. God, teach me a better way. Give me your power to overcome. But I'll tell you what, when you don't learn lessons and the older, you know, some of the lessons that we learned in our teenage years and in our early 20s, they're not the lessons you want to be learning when you're in your 40s and 50s and 60s. 
I mean, I, I, you, you, you open foxnews.com, which I do almost daily, and, and, and just the level of stories, the, the level of stories are harassing to the mind. They're pornographic. It's, it's just such, it's unbelievable, the secret stories. But now let's turn the script to this beautiful sermon that Jesus is giving. Jesus is telling us, I want you to develop your secret life. I want you to develop your secret life. I want you to develop your inner man. I want you to cut the cords from dead religion. And I want you to learn what it means to leave all that behind and come into that inner place where your father is waiting to meet with you. He is waiting to meet with you. We came hungry tonight, but I'm telling you who is far more hungry is our father for our presence. He's far exceedingly more hungry for our presence when we come together as a family so that we're together as sons and daughters, as family. He's hungry for us. He wants to meet us in the secret. He wants to talk to us in the secret. He sees in the secret. And then Jesus lets us in on this amazing, beautiful thing that your Father desires to reward you. Wow. To reward you. In your friendship with God, as you're developing your inner life and your inner world of being alone with God, quality time with God, as you learn to discipline, and don't be afraid. Do not be afraid of the word discipline. You know, discipline pays off. You know, discipline will cause you to actually lay down on your pillow at night and have a clean conscience, and you'll sleep great. Discipline pays off. It play, pays great dividends, doesn't it? You know, when all of us, <laughs> all of us went through this, how many out there had a mom? How many out there had a dad? How many of, how many of your moms and dads said, brush your teeth? Can I see it? Can I see your hand? This is getting really deep. It's okay. They said, brush your teeth. Then they would remind you. They would, remind, they would walk into the bathroom to make sure you are brushing your teeth, right? I would, do, I, I would make sure. I would tell our kids, and, and I, would, I would peek in, and I would, I would remind them. Brush your teeth. And you know what happened? You started brushing your teeth and brushing your teeth, and it aggravated you, and you were bothered by it. You were offended over it, but you just, yeah, 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 and brush your teeth and brushing your teeth and brushing your teeth and brush. And you know what? Something actually took root and took hold in you. And now you don't even think about it. I don't have to text Cody, you know, at night before he goes to bed. And say, Honey, hold on. Before we go to I need to text Cody and remind him to brush his teeth. Now, Sandra loves you, so make sure you, you, br you brush your teeth. I, I, I don't have to text Josiah who's about to turn 19. I don't have to text him before bed every night. Now, now, son, now, son, remember, before you go to bed, you better brush your teeth, little buddy. I don't have to do that. What happened? Discipline took hold. And what happened was, is the discipline became a lifestyle. He didn't have to be reminded. 
No one needs to keep your fire burning for you to brush your teeth. You just do it. Aren't you glad you do? <laughs> so what happens in the inner place, in the secret place, is you develop your appetite for the Word of God. You eat the Word. You develop teeth. In the presence of the Lord, you develop teeth. You develop appetite for the word of the Lord. Don't, don't give sloppy excuses anymore. Well, I'm not a reader. Well, then change. You are still changeable. Read the word. And discipline yourself to stay. And I'm not saying, hey, you know, for the next seven days, read the book of Leviticus. I'm not saying that. <laughs> but I am saying, be led by the Holy Spirit. Open your scriptures. And I'm telling you what, it's not going to hurt you to read the book of Matthew a, a hundred times. It's not going to hurt you to read it a thousand times. It's not going to hurt you. It's good for you. You got to eat it. You got to eat it. You got to get the word of God burning alive inside of you. You got to start letting your mouth confess that word. You got to eat that word and say that word. You become powerful when the word of God starts working in you and you learn how to pray and you'll start hearing yourself in the secret place say the word declare the word release the power of the word and anointing comes on it why you found it in the secret place you don't find it out in front of men put it in your chest out and here, here hey, hey 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 i'm here 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 no you learn it in the secret place before the lord receiving Listening, being with God, quality time with God. You grow teeth. You grow appetite. You learn how to worship in the secret place. I know this is a strong word. I've said it before, and I will say it again. But if you only lift your hands in church, you're on your way to a hypocrisy life. If you only lift your hands in the sanctuary, if you only lift your hands in church, it should become a lifestyle, my friends. You lift your hands in your car, driving down the road. You can lift your hands in the shower, you know. <laughs> oh, you can multitask. My, my kids, a couple months ago, they, they found my coffee mug in the shower. I think I think I think Brent and Victoria were in having a conversation and 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 they found the mug and they're like, what in the world what in the world? Why is there a coffee coffee mugs in the we have a large shower in our home and it has a seat in it and everything. You can just sit there and have a cup of coffee. <laughs> and and I multitask. <laughs> and my kids were like, you don't even top on it? I mean you just leave it open? I mean, they were perplexed, and I'm like, your dad's a multitasker. I, I, I wash, and I drink, and I enjoy myself. <laughs> you know, you can drive and worship. You can walk and exercise and worship. I'm being funny, but I'm making my point. Because in the, in the secret place, you learn how to worship. You learn how to really worship. And if we learn how to worship in the secret place individually, do you know what happens to the corporate dynamic when we come together? 
we become all that more stronger. Because there are, there are those in this family around us who have taken on spiritual muscle. They've taken on spiritual weight. Because when they get into the presence corporately, they start adding a log that's a lot more thicker and has more density and power to burn within the family. Are you catching the picture? Once you learn in the secret place how to use your voice and how to start worshiping and how to activate yourself, I'm telling you what, we become all that more powerful. Are you with me tonight? The Lord wants to reward you. I want to encourage you. He wants to reward you. It's in the secret place. We discover the awe and the wonder of this beautiful God. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We get to discover this beautiful Father. The wonder of God. I want you to turn to Psalm 37. Can I keep going? You still with me? Psalm 37. This may be a familiar passage to some, and to, to some in here it's going to be new, and that's good. But let it be a refresher. Let's begin in verse 1. Are you there? Psalm 37. Do not fret because of evildoers. Well, we need to hear this word tonight. Before I read the rest of this, I was out on a jog today. We have a, we have a preserve behind our home where we live, and, and I'm often back there jogging and doing my thing and praying too. And I was jogging today, and I was praying for our country, and I was praying for Virginia. I was praying for Virginia Beach. My heart was heavy, and I'm saying things to the Lord, but my heart is bothered. I'm bothered. I'm, I, I'm, I, I just... I just Read that scripture, do not fret because of the, the evildoers. Huh. And I'm like, Lord, it's so heavy upon my heart. I have friends in Virginia Beach that pastor great churches there. They have vigils tonight. Churches packed out, people coming everywhere, seeking some type of a word, some word of comfort for this insanity. And... I took a moment back in the preserve, and I, I needed a drink, and they've got like this beautiful log cabin back there, and there's some fountains and restrooms, and I sat there for a minute after getting some water, and I watched, I watched his father, and, and his wife was sitting on a, a picnic table there, and they had this little four-year-old, beautiful, beautiful little girl, and he's pushing her on a swing, pushing her, pushing her, and there was unstoppable laughter unstoppable joy clapping her hands clapping her hands putting her feet together clapping more 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 and her dad is smiling the baby's smiling it's just a beautiful time the mom is watching on doting over her baby she's looking at her husband and it was beautiful and I said you know Lord this is beautiful that's what that's what that's the beauty of life that's the glory of life that's how beautiful life is and yet, it's, it, seems, it, it seems at times that we, we live in between these two places. It's like being on a tight wire where, where you have just utter chaos of killings, senseless killings in our nation, and yet the beauty of life. And it's like we, we walk the tight wire of our emotions and our feelings of what we go through. How many feel like that? I do. 
He says, don't be envious of the workers of iniquity, for they will soon be cut down like grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on His faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. It sounds much like the Lord desires to reward you. It's, it's exactly what it says. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He's going to reward you with the dream that is in your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him. And He shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the new day, noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. I want to go back to verse 4. Delight yourself also in the Lord and He'll give you the desires of your heart. See, I want you to see this. And I said it at the front of this train. Our hearts are not open wide. Our minds are not thinking deeply unless we come in and we dwell and we stay in the presence of the Lord. Because who you really are, look this way for just a moment, who you really are, who you really are, who you really are will be exposed to you in the presence of God. And that should be good news. God wants to show you who you truly are on the inside. And the gold in your spirit that He's put within you can only be shown to you. It can only be revealed when you come and dwell in that secret place with the Lord. And all of a sudden, the deep, real, core Burdens of God, dreams of God, your real desires begin to become exposed to you and you truly feel alive. You truly feel alive. When you allow yourself to be with God, dwell with God, and then God brews that up and He shows you, that's the beauty I see in you. That's what I see in you. That thing I just showed you, yeah, that, that's you. That's who you really are. And I want those desires to be rewarded. I want those desires to be rewarded. This is good, isn't it? Turn to the right a few chapters to Psalm 91. Someone prayed this in the prayer room. It was so beautiful. Psalm 91. I love this psalm. The psalm is written by Moses. It's not written by David or Asaph or the others, but it's written by Moses. And it says, He who dwells in the secret place the secret place. Remember, remember where we're at. Jesus is teaching a message and he's saying, my father wants to meet you in secret. My father wants to meet you in secret. He desires you in the secret place. Go there. Go there. He dwells in the secret place. Dwell. What does that mean? It means to stay. It means to live. It means to find your rest there. It means to find your home. 
If you're going to dwell someplace, what does that mean? It means you found your home. You found your resting place. The person who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, they shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge at my fortress and my God in whom I will trust. For surely He will deliver you from the snare of the fire and from the perilous pestilence and He shall cover you with His feathers. <laughs> And under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night or the arrow that flies by day. Nor the pestilence that walks in darkness. Nor the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side. Ten thousand your right hand. But it shall not come near you. Who's this promise for? It is the promise for those who dwell in the secret place of the Most High. Are God's promises true or are they not? Are His promises yes and amen or are they not? This is who the promise is for. Those that find their dwelling place, their resting place, their secret place in the very presence of God. It's your promise. It's my promise. Because you've made the Lord your refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you. Boy, you need to be saying this in this hour. Nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in some of your ways, all of your ways. In their hands, they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. A few more verses. Ready? You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me. Therefore, I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. And I will deliver him. Watch the next words. And I'll honor him. And with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Did you notice how that, that passage ended? I'll reward you. That's what he's saying. I'll reward you. Make me your dwelling place. Find me in the secret place. Find your rest away with me. Ladies and gentlemen, if there was ever a time that we needed to, to make sure we find our resting place in the presence of the Lord, it's now. It's now. This is where we dig down deep. This is where we drill down deep in the core of our spirit. And we find the pillars of the kingdom of God to build our lives upon. You better believe that the rain and the storms are going to beat down upon the house. And no one is immune from the storms. Jesus said it. The storms, they came and the waves beat and the rain poured down upon the foolish man's house. It beat upon the wise man's house. But the wise man, what did he do? He built his house upon the rock. 
the foolish builder built his house upon the sand. What is sand? Sand is just small, broken down particles of rock. Did you catch it? You got to have the whole truth. I don't do this often, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close with a story. Can I do that? Just a few more minutes. You just put your Bibles aside for a moment. For without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who seek him. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Years ago, my, my wife and I, we had, <clears throat> we had just launched our national and international ministry, Light the Fire Ministries. And we, had a, we had one vehicle at the time. That vehicle had hundreds of thousands of miles on it. <laughs> hundreds of thousands. And we were believing God for a new vehicle. We were asking God in the secret for a new vehicle. In fact, we only, we only told maybe, maybe a half a dozen people on the earth that we were believing for a specific vehicle. We told our pastor, we told Bren's mom and dad, my mom and dad, and just a couple friends. There was probably half a dozen people that knew we were believing for a specific vehicle. And during that time, it, it seemed like any kind of prophetic gathering that Bren and I would get in, we'd get called out. And there was just always this, this prophetic word that was being given over our lives. And that word is, you are a forerunner. There's a forerunner mantle upon your lives. And so <clears throat> we would always hide that in our heart, heart, hide that in our spirit. And <clears throat> we started looking for a vehicle, and we found a forerunner. <laughs> found a Toyota forerunner. And so we went, we looked at it, and we loved it. We got a brochure. We took it with us. <clears throat> a lot of details to the story, but the we started praying over this brochure, and we started asking the Lord for this specific vehicle. We didn't have the money for it. We didn't have a whole lot of money for a, for a whole lot. <laughs> but we were asking God for it. We were speaking it. We were declaring it. We were praying it in the secret place. And there was a few people praying with us in the secret place. <clears throat> and so about a year went by, and Brent and I were in an amazing outpouring of the Holy Spirit at the time. And we, we uh, took a break, and we came home to celebrate Christmas. And so we went to church as we got home, and uh, our pastor uh, saw us there, and he called me out. He said, Brian, he says, uh, come, come and tell the people what God is doing in the outpouring. Tell, give, some, give some witness, give some testimonies, and just share what the Lord is doing. And I was like, awesome, sure, absolutely. And so I came to the front, and he handed, he handed me the microphone. And, and, and I know how to use a microphone. I know how to talk, and you know. But it was the strangest thing. It was the strangest thing. He handed me the microphone, and all of a sudden, I was just overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit, and I couldn't talk. It was, I mean, it was weird. I couldn't say anything. It was like the Holy Spirit 
was restraining me. Bren was sitting there, and I'm like, she's like, what, what is Brian doing? <laughs> she has that thought a lot. And so <laughs> she's looking at me like, oh, my gosh. I couldn't talk. And all of a sudden, I just scream out, and I burst forth, river, river. I just started screaming the word, river, river. And I fell out on the floor. <laughs> Our pastor picked up the mic and he started preaching. He started walking around me his whole message. <laughs> I'm laying on the floor. Finally, I, I kind of come to... And I, I'm on all fours, and I'm crawling over to my wife, on, over kind of where Jeff Highfield is. I'm, I'm making my way to a far, farther section. I'm crawling over there, and I, I get up into the chair, and I'm starting to think, like, what did I just do? What, what in the world did I just do? I just made a total fool of myself. I'm up there screaming river and just fell out of the power. And I, I mean, I just fell out. I mean, it wasn't some courtesy fall. I, I was overcome with the presence of God. So I get over there. I'm sitting next to Bren, and I'm thinking it through, and I'm like, wow, what in the world? Well, Bren and I had made a commitment, and we said, whenever the Lord will give us this vehicle, however the miracle comes, we want to give honor and glory to the Lord. And so we wanted to put something on the vehicle that would declare glory to God. And we, we love the scripture out of Ephesians chapter 1, verses 12 through 14, where it talks about how the Holy Spirit has been given to us, that we have been sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit, which is a guarantee for that which is yet to come. The Holy Spirit is a seal. And so we were praying about, I, this may sound strange to you, but just, just go with it. We, we were praying about what to put on the license plate. We just wanted something to glorify God and be a seal. And so we prayed about a number of different things that we might put on the license plate. And we had come into agreement we're going to put the word river on the forerunner. For the river of God, Revelation 22. Out of the throne of God pours forth the river of life. And everywhere it goes, it brings, that, it brings everything that's dead to life. Right? And so... So we had made that commitment. And so after the service is done, past the pa pastor gives an altar call. And people are coming up everywhere for prayer. And he wants us to start praying for people. And we start praying for people. And this woman walks up to me and Bren. She's in her early 70s. And she's just lit up like a Christmas tree. I mean, her eyes are bugged out. And she's excited. And she's, she's different. <laughs> she's, she's different and she looks at me and Bren and she walks up and she puts her hand up to give us a high five and she says river 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 I'm like, I'm like okay I give her a high five Bren gives her a high five river she's like oh my gosh now I've never seen this woman Bren and I have never seen this woman before in our life she's visiting the church River, 
You know, God's been speaking to me about the river. He's been speaking to me about everything. I mean, everything I think about. The river, river, as she's going on and on, I'm like, okay, this, we're, we better get comfortable because this conversation's going to go long, right? And so she says, she just breaks away. She segues into this. You know, my husband, he just gave, he gave away my car. And, man, it really aggravated me. My husband just gave away my car, and it bothered me so bad. And I'm squeezing Bren's hand like, oh, my gosh, get comfortable. And you know how that is. You can kind of hear people like that, you know, coming. Tur- it's like a, like a truck backing up, that beep, beep, beep. And it, it's a heavy load. It says heavy load on the back. Some of you are getting this. Some of you are confused. And I was like, oh, dear God, this is going to be a conversation. I mean, where are we going? She's like, you know, my husband, he, gave, he just gave my car away. And I love that car. I love that car. I took that car everywhere. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I got, I got it. I got it. Well, they gave that car away. And I told my husband, you're going to buy me a van. You're going to buy me a van. And it's going to be my river van. It's going to be my river van. She says, and I'm going to pick up all my girlfriends, and I'm going to take them to river meetings. We're going to go to river meetings, and we're going to get filled up, and we're going to get drunk in the Holy Spirit. And it's my river van. And she goes, and then I, I even asked God what to put on the license plate. And then I went from thinking, man, this is, this is a weird conversation, to all of a sudden my ears went, bing. Bren's ears, bing, my spirit's standing at attention. And I'm like, I, I thought we were the only crazy people that pray about what to put on your license plate. <laughs> so she said, I, I asked the Lord what to put on, on, on my river van. And, and, and you know what he told me to put on it? I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, what are the odds? Uh, uh, river? She's like, yeah, he told me to put river on the license plate. And inwardly, I'm thinking, well, she couldn't have done that because that's what we're going to put on our license plate. And that's so silly to even think like that. And she goes, I didn't, I didn't just put river on my license plate. I put river V to stand for my river van. <laughs> river! River! I'm like, wow. Brent and I, I mean, we're just laughing. But, but I was surprised by what she said, like, she prayed about what to put on her license plate. And at that moment, I thought, this is a confirmation. That's all, that's all I thought it was. I thought it was a confirmation. And so did Bren. And so we said to her, we said, that's amazing. I said, you know, we've been praying for a vehicle. And we actually asked God what to put on the license plate. I said, you will never guess what we felt led to put on the license plate. And she's like, What? And I said, river. The moment I said that, her eyes rolled back in her head. She went, and fell out and hit the ground. True story. True, isn't it, honey? Early 70s, no catcher. Our pastor's 10 feet away from us. He looks over at me and gives me the eye. Like, what the heck are you doing? Like, you know protocol In our church, you don't lay hands on anybody if there's not somebody behind them. I didn't lay hands on her. Brent didn't lay hands on her. Nobody touched her. I just said river. She. I'm freaking out. Brent's freaking. We're looking at each other like, oh, my gosh. What what in the world? This is the weirdest conversation. And what is happening? 
So she's on the floor, and we're, Brent and I are, are moving along. We're praying for people, but we're watching her body on the floor. We're like, oh, God, help us. Jesus, help us. We're praying for people, but we're watching her. Finally, like 15, 20 minutes later, she starts stirring and moving on the floor. So we go over, and we help her up. We help her into a chair. And she starts giving us those Google eyes again, those funny river eyes. And she goes, oh, oh, wow, wow. She gets all excited, jittery, jittery, goofy. She's like, oh, my. She goes, can I ask you two a question? And we said, well, yeah. And she says, well, how much is that vehicle that you've been believing how much is that vehicle that you've been believing God for? And I was like, oh, <laughs> I have to tell her that. And I was a little embarrassed because it was a lot of money. And I said, well, it's actually $32,000. And she went, oh. She said, can I tell you too what the Lord told me when I was on the floor? <laughs> That's the weirdest question. And I said, what? She goes, can I tell you what happened when I was on the floor? I said, sure. She said, the Lord walked up to my feet, and he looked over the top of me, smiling really big, just smiling at me. And he said to me, write them the check. <laughs> and when she said that, I went totally numb. <laughs> So did Bren. I said, wait, wait, what? What? She's like, the Lord told me, write you the check. And it wasn't computing. Because I went from, this is a confirmation. This is a confirmation. The vehicle's coming soon. To moments later, she's writing us a check for $32,000. And we drove that brand new forerunner off of the parking lot with 41 miles on it. It was the color we wanted. It was the leather interior that we got to pick out. It was every bit of the package that we believed for. We, we believe. Shout it, River. Go ahead. Come on. Shout it, River. Come on. There you go. River. Woo. River. Now, I want to say, with every blessing from God comes a revelation. The revelation that God gave us before that forerunner was given was this. God magnified Ephesians 2, verse 8 to us. Many of you might know that scripture. For it's by grace through faith you have been saved. And not of yourself, but it is a gift from God. And the Lord spoke to me one day when we were praying in the secret place. My wife and I, remember, there was only a half a dozen people that knew we were believing for that vehicle. We weren't giving the, it, we, weren't, we weren't moving in the ministry of hints, of telling everybody what we wanted. Right? Right? We weren't doing that jazz. Nobody knew. And so we were praying. But the Lord gave us revelation, and he told us, he said, son, 
everything you'll ever receive from me is by grace through faith. It's not that you deserve it. I mean, who am I? I didn't deserve that. My lovely wife. We didn't deserve that, did we, honey? Who are we? We We don't deserve that. It's by grace through faith that you receive and you come into salvation. But every gift of God as you enter into your salvation comes to you by grace through faith. That's powerful. And that should excite you. Because that means God wants to reward you far beyond what you could ever deserve. I'm going to close with this question tonight. For without faith, it's impossible to please God. I want to ask you right now, how are you using your faith that you have to please God? How are you using the faith that you have in your life right now to please God? In the secret place where God loves to see you and he wants to answer you and he wants to reward you openly. He wants to reward you openly. You know, can I, can I be honest for a minute? Moment of transparency. Do you know I, we had a lot of friends celebrate us when we got that vehicle? A lot of great friends celebrated that. And then we had a lot of friends get mad at us and not celebrate it. And got offended at us. Got offended at us. Got mad at us. Didn't they, honey? It's true. You know, Jesus said, Father wants to reward you openly. Think that. Think of that. Let your mind get renewed to this. God wants to reward you. And if he rewards you, he could reward you openly. And he does it because you're his daughter and you're his son. Because he loves you. He wants to delight in you and he wants to reward you. Now, I want to take this to a greater level, a far exceedingly greater level than a Toyota 4Runner or anything. I told you at the beginning, the greatest reward is being a friend of God, where God will share his dreams and his heart and his desire. I would like God to reward us with an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that we don't deserve. But it's by grace through faith that this family can come into this this outpouring. I asked Aaron to receive offerings and tithes tonight. and He was led by the Holy Spirit. He was just blown in the winds of God, much like Jerry does. And he, he gets up here and gets blown and he just starts speaking. And, but he declared Amy Simple McPherson. And as they, as they built that magnificent structure there in Los Angeles, during the Great Depression, they filled it seven days a week, three times a day. And they were having the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. See, when you hear a story like that, you cannot hear it as a historic relic. You have to engage your faith in it for now, in a present tense reality. And that's why Aaron Imel, when he took the microphone, did that. Because God is issuing an invitation to this family 
that he wants to reward us and do something so substantial that no one gets the credit for it. I don't want the credit for it. It's not about Brian. It's about what God wants to do. But I want him to so pour out his spirit and reward us. That's what I'm hungry for. How are we going to get there? It's by living in the secret place. It's by living in the secret. It's by meeting God in that place. Exposing our lives and our hearts to God so that our our dreams become congruent with an epic father who loves us. And it's not some some sappy, wishful, hopeful, little, little bitty, petty thing. I don't want to even dare sound like I'm being condescending to anyone, but I'm telling you, we dream so small. We dream so small. And God doesn't want us to settle for living small or dreaming small or being small. He wants to reward you. Amen. I really hope I've helped you tonight. And you've, you've let me go long. You've let me go the distance. And this is what I call really running the bases and sliding head first into home plate. So I love you all. Let's stand tonight. Cody, would you come to the keys? And Honey, what time is it? Eight, eight thirty-five. Okay, yeah. Have you received tonight from the Lord? Amen. Put your hands out just like this. I pray in my own leadership that I'm able to help you as your friend. I want to be your friend. And I want us to be a family that when God really does ridiculously reward and bless people, that all of us celebrate. All of us. That all of us celebrate. You can all be pulling up in new cars out here, and I would be with my wife. We'd be out there going, yes, yes. Are you you hearing my heart in that? Lord, Lord, thank you for this family. And thank you for your holy presence that is here and has been here all night and has it's never left. It's here. Thank you for your holy presence. By faith, Father, we're coming to you. By faith. By faith, we've been praying. We, we've been inquiring. We've been asking. We, we've been fasting. We've been giving. We've been praying. We've been decreeing. Father, you, you know all of us when we've gotten very tired in the journey, when we've been languished and, and so wore down and beat down. And God. Oh, Lord, you know all of that. You, you know our highs. You know our lows. You know the adventure. You know our frame. You know us, Father. And you have been faithful 
all the way through. And you'll be faithful to the end. I pray, Father, that you will do the significant, the extraordinary, the supernatural, the miraculous in this kingdom family. I thank you, Lord, how you called us to your heart tonight. Thank you for using Sandra tonight to call us to your heart tonight in this place. And thank you for what just came in, Lord, and how you just ushered yourself in, Lord, upon us. And now, Lord, tonight as we go from this place, may these fires continually burn and let our hunger for you tonight, even, even as we go home and and we're sitting out under the stars tonight or out on the back of our lanai. And we're just spending time with you. We're talking to you, Lord. Lord, enlarge our hearts. Enlarge our hearts. Enlarge our vision. Enlarge our prayers. Keep us faithful. Keep us faithful. Keep our fire burning, God. Take us all the way. But take us into the extraordinary and into the miraculous day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year, God at victory. Take us into your dream. And Lord, may the desires, would you just lift your hands tonight? I want to bless you. May the desires that come up out of your heart delight yourself, delight yourself in the Lord. And He will give you the desires of your heart. May those pure desires, Lord, become so big, so holy. And may we lay those before your feet at your throne. And may you lay your heart on them and breathe the breath of life on those desires. <laughs> and may they come true. And may we walk in the promises. May we walk in the dreams. May we, may we be able to declare prophecy fulfilled. Mission accomplished. Dream revealed. The dream became a reality. Let it be so, Lord. So I bless this mighty company of lions and lionesses. I bless this family, this tribe of pioneers, frontiersmen, ranchers, adventurous. I bless your heart to keep burning, to be steadfast, and do all that you do by faith. To do all that you would apprehend by faith. That it would be accounted unto you by faith, as sure as it was with Abraham and Sarah and David, and all through the list. Oh, let it be accredited to you because your faith, you trusted God, you believed God, and you didn't grow weary in well-doing, but in due season, you reap the harvest because you fainted not. In Jesus' name, we bless you, victory. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's praise Him tonight. Can we do that? Come on, let's praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, praise the Lord. River! River! 
love you. We love you. We bless you tonight. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com.